0: Hello and welcome to Now That's What I Call Radio. This is episode 5.5 because, um, well, I'm going to have Logan explain it.
1: I don't know what you did with the audio.
0: I didn't do anything.
1: I don't know what happened at all. All I know is that we had a killer episode and then you were like, yeah, I may not be able to salvage this one.
0: And I don't begrudge you for that. Well, I I do because honestly, I'm I'm just going to shoot straight. The dialogue last week was some of our best. It was great. I, I felt it was a really strong episode. I did, too. It was. But we're the, not...
2: It, the
1: audio still exists on Facebook. It, it's, out
2: it, it,
0: it's out there.
1: It's out there.
0: It's real not,
2: fans. Yeah, for real fans. We're going it, to revisit... It's an Easter egg. We're going e- <laughs> to
0: revisit the episode that we were... I mean, the, the album that we reviewed last week, because it's it's worth the time of the Knitwicks. It really is. But, no, there's some crazy echoing and all kinds of business going on. So... And it's yeah. just one single audio
1: file. I, I do think that it's part of like gatekeeping the true podcast that we have to accidentally delete a great episode. Every show I've ever listened to has been like, yeah, our audio engineer really messed this one up. Wait, like, but
3: it wasn't the audio engineer in, in this no, case. I, no, it was. It oh. was. Oh, it was well, the recording. Well, I, I, it I it, was, was, it was also the
0: <laughs> fact. It was also
2: the fact that we didn't even have four headphones. So you that's couldn't true. even hear what was and going on, and he was on. taking it off at
1: the time. And so I like, saw him while he was doing it too. He was like smashing the tape. It's like it's like a
2: it's like a deaf. It was a deaf audio engineer. I can't be be even blame him. I'm
0: gonna be honest. Logan was supposed to bring a microphone and headphones last week, and that that's the beginning of the end. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I actually will accept full blame. No, no, a, no, 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 that's no, 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 you don't
0: have to do that, you don't have to do that, Logan. Two thirds? It's probably not. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'd take
3: all I could get, Aaron. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, we got some good material for you today. The album's pretty good. We're going to be looking at an album by Crywolf.
2: Yeah. Are we going straight into that? No, no, no. I'm just, oh. I'm
0: just, you know. Just, what, just that, testing the water. That's who we're just, talking about today. That's right. He's come up a few times. And, um, yeah, well, I'll just, we'll just wait for that section of the show. I'm going to, I still, I kind of know what's what, but I'm just going to go for one and we're going to see where we end up. All right. Sweet. Sweet. We love
2: it. We love
0: it. Ah. Oh, we're going right back into Crywolf. I'll be darned. I'll be darned. <laughs> oh, wait, is this album of the week? This is album of the week, ladies and
2: gentlemen. So, this week's album is Widow Oblivion Part 1. By Crywolf. And um, I actually have a lot to say about the album, but I don't want to say it until you guys have spoken. So,
1: because I was the one that chose the album, and I'm curious to see what you guys think. I have a question about the album. Yeah. First and foremost. Uh, it, I know it reads like Oblivion, but because it's using the Skarsgard O's, is it like Oblivion? Yeah, I think so.
2: Oh, I think so. He's got deep ties to Iceland. And so, yeah,
1: man. I I'm was like, wondering... Well, I'll go into that later.
0: Yeah. No, no, no. You go ahead and start us.
2: <laughs> yeah. Deep
1: ties into Iceland. So it's kind of a shame that we dropped Death Consciousness, because I I see this Cry Wolf album as very much in a similar headspace.
0: I feel the exact same as way. As
1: the Death Consciousness album. Now, there are a couple things that are really noticeable about it compared to that. The vocals are a lot more present. I don't think Dan Barrett is necessarily a bad singer, but I think the Have a Nice Life they prefer to just kind of bury their vocals and make them textural and uh cry wolf has an amazing voice and he reminds me of that constantly but not in a way that's annoying so i want to get one thing out of the way first i deeply respect this album I oh. deeply respect this album. Just
2: getting that out of the way.
1: Just, <laughs> just, just I want to make, get, it out get out that say, out of the way. Before I say anything else, I want to make it clear that I deeply respect this album. Oh, I can't wait. I respect it. Oh, oh I, mean, I know where this is going. <laughs> oh, this sounds bad. The way it was made is very, seems like DIY, neo paradigmatic, you know, the. The sounds are like dark and gothic, and it's clear that the concept for it is huge. Because if you're releasing something named Part One and your name isn't Lil Peep, then it's probably going to be an awesome ride, <laughs> or or a ride that you lose a lot of fans during. Which there's I don't not know. Just, either there's way. not
0: just Part One in the album title either. I mean, track by track, this guy's like continuously. Oh, this is Part Two. This is Part One. You're yeah. Like, wow.
1: Yep. Like I. I think there are cool things to do artistically with that. I think the act of naming a song part two when there wasn't a part one is kind of an interesting and bold artistic statement that I don't think has played out yet, really. Um, the way that he does big epic one word titles and then does in brackets.
3: And like what subtotals. do these words
0: mean? Like, these are words I don't even understand. Yeah. I I
3: can't pronounce half of them. I want I want to say they're <laughs> that's that's part of the
1: reason I feel that kinship with Have a Nice Life is like a tie to just gothic Satanism kind of maybe not Satanism oh. directly,
0: oh. but I I oh, know. Yeah. Let's go, let's go. Oh, gothic satanism. That's all I've been talking
1: about for like the past three episodes <laughs> of Satanism. So I probably need to chill with that altogether. Uh, but I think uh, Mephistopheles. Oh God. Oh
2: yeah, that the second song.
1: Yeah, I I think that that is a demon I think it might be I'm pretty sure that is a demon Yeah
2: you it sounds to me like you did some research on the titles
1: No no uh, you recognize I'm not that. as good I'm not as good as you are with being prepared for <laughs> these types of things I just kind of um but I I think that Crywolf made a lot of bold artistic choices in the branding of this album too the the naming it Widow is its official t- title Oblivion Promising then a part one, which implies a part two necessarily. And then the naming scheme of the album also having, I think, a part two without a part one. Yeah. Uh, There are certain tracks are only big capital words and some tracks are only tiny words. But the thing that I liked about it is that I felt like the branding actually did inform what the songs were. Because the most annoying thing is when you're scrolling through like an XXX album back when he was still doing those, and he'd have like all lowercase titles and then all uppercase titles, but they'd sound the same Mm -hmm. stylistically. Whereas with Crywolf, you'd get like the big demon title Mm -hmm. track, and then you'd get like the, the parentheses lowercase track that was just kind of like a soulful outro reflection on what the original track was about. Um, so uh, this album feels like very gothic, very apocalyptic, I would say, although I might place it like slightly post-apocalypse instead. <laughs> uh, it's a There's little, that
2: imagination, baby.
1: It's a little techie. I love it. You know, like it's not... The thing with have a nice life was that while their sound was also what I would describe as gothic post apocalyptic, uh, is their sound is much more like raw and acoustic, and Cry Wolf's is just a little bit more processed. So rather than the uh, gothic apocalyptic uh, acoustic future, it's the gothic apocalyptic techno future.
0: Yeah, no, uh, that's that's the main thing I wanted to bring to the table is the production is really cool. Like yeah. Really, oh, yeah. Really, really cool. Um, it, it, it at the beginning of the album, it really kind of catches you off guard because you—I don't know—those dynamics and everything. It's like just really quiet, mellow, and then all of a sudden, it's just big, theatrical, everything all at once, which I thought was really cool, especially when I was starting into the album. But that—that that would be my one complaint—is by the end of the album, I was. I was pretty done. Dynamic, stout. Yeah. I had been on a cinematic journey that I was happy to be like, okay, we went there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Definitely for sure. And I was waiting for the thing that I was dreading when I was listening to this album is the song for the girls. I was just waiting. I was like, I know one of these songs. What
0: does that songs... mean, Logan? Logan? I think you need to expand. Wait, wait. So, which song is so we we the understand girls what you're talking about? Claudio
1: Sanchez is the guy who did this <laughs> the first when I started noticing it. But oftentimes in a uh, solo artist's work or... Any group where one guy is kind of the main songwriter, right? Eventually, the pressures of the label kind of get to him, and he's got a girlfriend, and he should just write a song that she can like instead of this weird stuff that he's always doing, right? So I was waiting for the moment when Crywolf made a song that was clearly for his girlfriend or clearly for the girls to dance to, right? Right. And instead, he kept it very cinematic. And that's not to say there weren't elements of, like, catchiness and pop. But he much more leveraged those to engage with the story, engage with his aesthetic, than he did to be like, this one's going to get top 40. And I love pop. I love the idea of, like, buried pop songs. I think Have a Nice Life has a lot of pop songs that just are aesthetically soaked in something different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Crywolf... I feel was actually less pop than Death Consciousness even. Because even though it has a lot of pop tricks, like the moving the vocal pitches around. Yeah, which was like, cool. Like the kind of stuttery hip-hop informed production. Yeah. There's, It's not in service of a pop song. It's in service of the narrative.
0: I agree. No, he very consistently nailed what I believe he was going for. And I think he did a really good job all all and and i'll even say that i like it in bite-sized pieces but it's a pretty decent album like it's pretty long yeah Mm -hmm. and it's consistently one sound which is a really cool sound but by the time i hit the bottom of it i was like i need a break yeah that's fair
1: i'm gonna i'm gonna have to like almost disagree with you now i I am kind of speaking maybe ahead of myself here because I only started listening to this thing yesterday. So I've officially only had like 1.5 listens, but this may be my favorite album that was suggested to me via this show.
3: Wow. Like Just oh, no. period. Nice. And,
1: like I, I deeply respect how it was made based on what you've told me. I deeply respect what it's going for. And on top of my respect for those two parts, I think it like really matches the November aesthetic That I, I kind of like I just, in right now I, well, I,
0: I, I hear you But I guess my issue is Uh huh Okay I just have this thing Where if I'm listening to something Or watching something And it's kind of demanding That I feel a certain way Uh huh Like it's like you will feel this way When you listen to this It's like really trying to get in my Headspace Yeah I feel a little violated I guess It's just like whoa especially when I didn't know what I was turning on, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. it, it, it is that aesthetic and it was just consistently, you will feel this way. And I, and I was kind of like, whoa, I don't know if I was ready for that. Maybe that's just because I didn't know completely, completely what I was getting into and I turned it on. Yeah. But beyond that, just any, anybody who their album is too committed to trying to make you feel a certain way. I I can have a hard time with that. That said, I totally respect Man, very talented uh, musician and producer. Super great ideas going on, like with the vocal track and with the drum track. Like one of my personal favorite albums is Peter Gabriel up, and that, oh, he yeah. was he was kind of getting into some mm-hmm. of that stuff with the drums and and some like future based has a way of always you know doing those just straight silent dropouts. Yeah, he was dropping those all over the place in the middle of this kind of really dark almost industrial but i i would say it's more it didn't feel industrial it didn't feel as gritty it felt more polished but at the same time uh yeah it it was it was pretty dark and consistently kind of wanting you to be there
1: even like uh and maybe this is just a terminology debate like just definitions but i don't feel like anything even worked as a future bass song and i say that I like this album, like legitimately probably going to make it on my year end list, but I don't think any songs work on like a future base no, 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 level, no. level. I didn't say, I didn't say, I think
0: you were just saying the technique, the right? dynamics, oh, okay. the dynamics, the just straight flatlining. Like he, he did that quite a bit and that is, I would say has been popularized in future bass, you know, just, just like, you know, it's just like the sounds are like super, uh, everything drops out and then just it brings your attention to one thing for just a second and then everything comes back. Yeah, he was doing that like all over the, the place. Like that
2: track where, um, where it's building up and then you, it just stops and
0: you just hear that clock. Oh, that's yeah. so good. That kind of stuff. Yeah, those types of things. That's that's influenced yeah. for sure.
1: Well, and the the other thing to me was that well, I think this album is super polished, mixing wise. Like the mi- the production on it is practically flawless for what it's going for. Uh, My problem, you had me listen to Dysphoria earlier, and when Mm -hmm. I finished that album, I had trouble connecting with it because I felt like it was so emotional, but it was very sample-based type EDM still. like I think Crywolf was still kind of growing out of his SoundCloud phase, so to speak.
2: Dysphoria is like 2014, I think. It's, It's still pretty early, but I don't know. There's just a couple tracks on there. Not every track on Dysphoria I love, but specifically the second half, I feel like there's some very, very raw vocal stuff. And I thought that it was really cool. I I get it, though, if you didn't connect with
1: it very much. Well, but but it, it gave me good contrast for this album. Because on this album, even though everything is very processed and very meticulously woven in and out of the mix and affected... It seems like it's mostly all acoustic sources.
3: Mm-hmm. It's not... Yeah. I did that, not
1: get any sample pack vibes yeah, which I from this I, album. I,
2: I, That's what I wanted to say. Again, I like that too. <clears throat> did you have anything you wanted to add?
3: Oh, I was just... Yeah, no, I thought it was pretty good. I actually... I knew that the song names were super weird, but like, I, 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 I haven't even like looked at it. I just kind of like turned it on and listened to it. And I definitely feel like that... It's it's an album that's meant to be an album. Like I don't I don't there's not many songs that I could really pull out of it. You know what I mean? Like it really needs to run its course. And I I like stuff like that cuz that's how I listen to quite a bit of stuff nowadays is like I'm I'm more of an album listener less of a song listener except that's a lie but I, I we like <laughs> to we think that trying. way but We like trying. to that's think cool. that way That's cool man I I no I I used to do that a lot but then over the summer you know just didn't have as much homework so now now that I've got some more homework I'm I'm listening to albums yeah. again cuz I'm not like switching over but yeah no I I feel like it tied together really well um, my only issue, I don't, and it's not really an issue. It's just like a, like a preference, I guess, you know, okay. but it's just like some moments were just a little too epic. Yeah, it was yeah, a yeah. little bit like, I, you know, like. Winning the war yeah. in a Lord of the Rings movie. Yeah, little, I, little, there, was, there was some. I, I
1: completely disagree I, with I, you no, no. because I've heard it done so much
0: worse. By so but many here's people. the thing: is is there was some Nightwish crossover moments.
2: Yeah, now, now, uh, there are a few moments I under. Here's what I I won't necessarily say I agree with that, but I'll say I understand. Yeah. What? And I'm saying. not saying like, that I it, definitely get. It.
3: I'm actually not saying that it happened very often. And yeah. it, and obviously we all know this about me if you know me. I am very pessimistic like to music when I first hear it. Like it's bad. Like you'll turn something on and I'm like, "Yep, yeah, no, that's bad." And then yeah. and then but I've found myself going, "Okay, I don't necessarily like this right now, but I need to listen to it." You know, and there's certain things that bring me back in like it's like, "Okay, I don't like it right now, but I have interest in listening to this." Mm-hmm. And then there's stuff that is like yeah, this is bad, and I don't want to listen to this again. Yeah. And this is definitely one of those albums that I I keep drawing back to, especially while I'm doing my homework, because it's just like, it is, like, this is maybe the first time that I've kind of understood Aaron's mentality, where it's like, I kind of zone out of the music, but then come back, and I'm like, oh, dang, that's cool. And then I zone out of the music, yeah. and back.
2: I don't know, man. I This album <laughs> specifically, like, I've actually been listening to it for a couple months now, because... I don't know. It, I do see definitely how it kind of has to be played out as an album. Uh, there's not really many tracks you can just kind of click into. But that's part of why I love it. It's because like every time I play it, it hits these moments that I'm like, oh, I remember this from the last time, and this is such a good moment. Like mm-hmm. you know, It has a bunch of moments. Um, I wanted to just point out, this album specifically for Crywolf was quite a bit different for him because what he's done a lot in the past is he'll isolate himself and produce it an album and then releases it. And this time, um, from what I understand, I was watching some live streams and stuff. He didn't really isolate himself too much for this one. Um, what he did for the last full length album, which is called cataclasm, which I think is the next one. If, if you liked this one, if you liked oblivion, I recommend cataclasm next. It's kind of similar, but a little different. It's a little more, it's not as good, but it's, it's dang, it's got some good stuff. Mm. Anyways, long story short, for example, when he did Cataclysm, he went to Iceland and literally just rented this shack in the middle of nowhere, bought a bunch of instruments, learned how to just play little stuff. And then he just samples himself. He plays stuff and then he just does it. So for this album, he, the, the production style was similar. Like a lot of the sounds you hear, he's actually making that audio. Like I love that one song with that out of tune toy piano. I don't know if you remember that, but that's like, mm-hmm. he does that type of stuff all the time. He just records him playing weird instruments and then just mixes it in. But this album took him two years. He was working on it for two years. Mm. And he said that this album is the most autobiographical album he's ever made. He feels like it. the last two years of his life have had some of the highest highs and the lowest lows. And I think that's why the album is so drastically different sometimes is because that's kind of what he was going for. He, he did it... He produced it over the course of two years, piece by piece. And so it definitely is a journey. and It's interesting. I-
0: yeah, no, it's really cool. For yeah. sure. I was impressed turning it on. I just, again, what I was saying a minute ago, not supposed to be as much a criticism as it is just um, something that I struggle with in general when I'm listening to music. If, if I, it goes hand in hand with what Nate was saying. If if, if anything kind of gets too big, and it can go the other way too. If you get too small, if I'm straight up just listening to rainfall, I'm like, okay, this is it's not bad. But well, we, he did we, do that. You're, 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 you're crossing a line. I like it just somewhere in the in the in between the two, um, unless I'm going for a banger. But then what's interesting about this is that it really wasn't music that you would just rock out to either it just was like like really intense cinematic themed music. Yeah. And honestly
2: like being completely honest excluding really early Crywolf, he's kind of always been like this. Really? Yeah. I mean like,
1: but I exclusively knew early Crywolf beforehand. Yeah. yeah so and,
2: here's the thing actually yeah. I've actually been following him since his second EP on SoundCloud. So I've I've when I first got into him, it was just that straight up SoundCloud Crywolf, which I still like actually. Yeah, I, no, Eyes Half Closed
1: is a great. Song. He was he was even like very <laughs> iconic back in his day because he brought he wasn't I don't wouldn't call him gothic yet, but he did bring a very emo edge mm-hmm. to oh, and EDM, and and I like that about him. When I heard him, when I in twenty thirteen listening to it though,
0: it's like, <clears throat> have you guys listened to a lot of industrial music? Like, no, I, and maybe that's why I like this
3: I, so much. I listened, I listened, like because I, I mean, I believed you obviously, but recently I've been trying to actually find music for myself. So I actually listened to that <laughs> um, Beast album. You know, like I started it, yeah, and I was like, ah, yeah, I really can't do this. Yeah, it's it's too like dark, like it's. Too many Egyptian scales, man. Yeah, no, I, I definitely <laughs> like, see. Yeah. I definitely
2: see the industrial element, kind of that you're talking about. However, maybe I'm just partial. Well, but but I'm kind of used to that sound no, with Crywolf. The like, thing
0: is that he did it really really well. Yeah, and he didn't quite go as far into it into the side I don't like. As he did not go as far into the side I don't like. What which, don't you like in industrial? Oh, man. I, I don't like it when you you start to lose um, tonal quality. Like, your your lyric mm-hmm. line starts to become more just a either whispering mm-hmm. or just like, you know what I mean? And he didn't cross that line. He kept it. It was musical. Some of it, if anything, it was that Nightwish factor where he, he it just got a little too, epic's a good word. It's just too
2: big. For me, like, I definitely, specifically, there's a few tracks in mind that I can definitely see that with. However, for me, and again, maybe I'm just biased, but for me, I can see the epic element, but f- <laughs> and this might sound almost kind of racist, but <laughs> I don't feel the European epic. In it.
3: I get that. I, I don't
2: feel that. I, I, I could tell he wasn't from around here. Yeah. He's actually from North Carolina.
3: Oh, <laughs> cool guy. It's not around here. Yeah. <laughs> but- I, I,
1: the, the most I picked up of that was... Um, I felt a little influence. You said Iceland, but I definitely felt like that kind of uh, north-western European... Yeah, no... Slight influences. I don't think it's Lord of
0: the Rings. Scandinavian.
2: The real... real, I mean, That's that's what I felt, too. You'll feel it even stronger with
1: Cataclasm.
2: It's even Mm. worse that way, because he was actually in Iceland for that.
1: I thought it was totally tasteful, because... I growing up was surrounded by moms that loved listening to Celtic rock, oh, whatever that is, Drop and so Murphy's. Just the <laughs> nice the nice like tasteful bits of Scandinavian folk in there. I I thought it was very very apt, especially as someone who's so tired of that sound over. Yeah,
0: now. I guess that's my problem is that I am so tired of that sound though. So when I even heard it coming in I was like,
1: uh oh, uh oh,
2: don't. Yeah.
0: Well, That's for- actually really interesting. I, I, I guess I'm just used to it.
2: Yeah. Because I, I just, I didn't really feel, I felt the epic vibe, but I didn't feel the Nightwish vibe. Yeah.
3: I, I, I don't know. No, feel I that. wouldn't go that far. And I want you to know, like, when I was saying, I didn't, I mean, I get the industri- industrial side of this album and everything, but I, I didn't feel like it was industrial. as industrial as, like, Beast or whatever. Like, listening to that, it was just like, this is too much. It's too heavy. I like, I feel like, as you were saying, when I was listening to it, there were a couple of moments where I was like, "This really sounds like Peter Gabriel," you know. Mm-hmm. And I think Peter Gabriel can get into that industrial vibe a little bit, like those drums, the the big like the big sounding tin drums really builds that as industrial vibe. In my in my mind at least, where it's just like. Yeah, I don't, I'm not gonna try yeah. to intimidate. No, uh, no, int- I, <laughs> intimidate? I, I think a perfect <laughs> example of that is the first
2: track. The first track, how it builds up, and yeah, the, uh,
3: yeah, that's you know, so good though.
0: It, it, it is good, so good. That is kind of that I, epic that's, that's interesting you say that because I I not see I don't I can't tell you a track name, but that wasn't the one. That one actually, I I dug into that one because I was like that was kind of like the first song actually on Up. Mm-hmm. We're, yeah, we're, yeah, we're the and I, I was okay with that. Just extreme change.
3: It, it's more. It was later in the album. It's when it builds into it. When you start getting the like the little. I mean, I, he doesn't really have this, but if if you ever have any choir like, um, and oh, you're like, oh gosh, oh, oh no, whoa, 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 don't even the listen choir to choir here
1: was a very tasteful.
3: Do, you know what?
1: No. <laughs> Opinion completely dis- discarded. No, I'm because on I Nate. have heard on some Steam. tasteless choirs in my time. I have heard choirs on pop punk songs. I have heard choirs on the most corny folk imaginable. And this choir was so respectfully low mixed and blended with the elements and not just screaming dumb Latin gibberish that he wrote on a notepad. It seemed respect. How... Dare you attack the choir on this hey, album? Actually,
3: I'm, all I'm saying is when you're building up, if you're building up and you have a choir, it builds that vibe.
0: Yeah, we're going Lord yeah. of the Rings. It builds I, you know, the Lord I, of the I Rings. Totally totally vibe. I totally disagree.
2: I would like to. I would like to actually. Next time you're listening and you hear it,
3: like either heart the track or do something to mark yeah. it, because I'd be interested
0: to hear which yeah, ones. Yeah, I'll, I'll
3: send it over. Yeah, and it really didn't happen too many times. And as I said, that was one of my more like first listens like oh this is this is too much for me you know but it, the more i listen to it like i was really digging that album like sat down in english class today and i was like oh yeah i, I forgot about this you know put it on that that's it's, how i feel it's when great it started, it's too. great
2: well i don't want to take up the whole show but um widow and then brackets oblivion part one by Crywolf go spin it and see
3: oblivion what that's good stuff. That's it. You know, case I mean
0: I'd give it it was good. It was really good. That That's is you. it's you. Logan, no. Logan's sell out of the
3: week here. I know what he's gonna drop.
1: I'm not gonna drop Oliver Tree. I'm not gonna drop <laughs> Oliver Tree. Because,
3: <laughs> because I, 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 I saw it in your my
1: eyes. feelings on Oliver Tree are just getting progressively more and more complicated. Oh, and now, he's, especially he's starting... now that I'm trying to steal Melanie Martinez from him, like, I don't, this is going to have to be a whole strategy thing. <laughs> I'm really going to have to. Oliver maybe, Tree, maybe, Oliver
2: maybe. Tree is just a force that you don't reckon. With. I don't know. you're hey, just, just going to have to roll with it. Episode six,
0: Oliver Tree. That's it. All the, the, whole, yeah. episode. Oh. <laughs> the whole episode. Oliver Tree. The whole episode. All right. six, I- Oliver Tree. <laughs> I will okay. come.
2: I, I will come prepared.
1: I will come prepared. I mean, too. very prepared. All right, <laughs> all right. I will do what I have to do. All right. All I will do what I have to do next week to remove him from Spotify and steal his girlfriend. But oh man, mm. until until then, I would I would like to say, legitimately, what happened to Kendrick Lamar?
2: <laughs> Are you talking about Dang the
1: album? Dang the album. Dang. I, period. I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't understand feature culture anymore. I don't get it. Kendrick Lamar comes out. Uh, Section eighty is probably my favorite of his albums. But he he has this like really creative, cool approach to how he does narratives in rap. How like the sources that he chooses to sample. How he chooses to build his sound. Um, and it's fascinating all of his albums are interesting i think even dang has has a <laughs> unique <Dang> aesthetic <laughs> and has a unique vibe attached to it and he's i think he's consistent about it and i think it's a cool experience even if it is my least favorite of his albums yeah what i don't understand is why do you keep showing up for features for these people
0: yeah mm. these I,
1: on one hand good keep the things under your name your style.
0: Yeah, we've been there. Do what that. you're
1: going to do. But every time I see Kendrick pop up on some no-name trap rappers. So I got, a, que-
2: I got a question for you. And yeah. I'm not that big of an authority with Kendrick Lamar. I've heard the Pimpa Butterfly. I've heard half of Mad City. And I've heard half of Dang. That's uh-huh. it. So I'm not an authority. But I'm curious to know what are your thoughts on... um. His feature with Vince Staples on Big Fish Theory.
1: Vince and Kendrick are more <laughs> artistically aligned than, than some of the artists that either of them has collaborated with. Like when Vince dropped a song with Billie Eilish, I was like, oh God. Yeah, that's, His label put him up to this. Jake... Yeah. Jake.
2: Heart That's two eyes. of my favorite people in one track,
1: dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> memes aside, memes aside, uh, I I'd like seeing artists collaborate with people that are in similar uh headspaces, head spaces, but also like what they're going for. Uh, I think Vince Staples has a lot more of like a experimental or a more pop mindset in terms of instrumentals, but I think the match was good because. It wasn't so much of a pop song that Kendrick just felt like Kendrick on Bad Blood. Yeah, Bad Blood. Yeah. Kendrick Lamar on there. Wait, wait, what's is, happening? Are we
3: referring to T Swizzle? T
1: Swizzle's Bad Blood. Wait, that's Kendrick. Lamar? That's Kendrick Lamar. That is who people are calling the best rapper of the 2010s. And yeah, that's a
0: sellout. The Bad Blood. Feature. It is a sellout. To Straight be up. That is, that is that
2: especially y- with how radical his earlier albums were. Like, of o- honestly, th- those first albums... Okay, here's the weird thing, though. I was looking it up, and this is just about to expose how much of a Kendrick Lamar not know-it-all I am. Pimp- to Pimp a Butterfly was, what, 2010 or 2011? Mm,
1: 2015.
2: Yeah, see, even more recent. I was under the impression all this time that that was an old album. It was like a classic, but it's ah. not. It's definitely not. And then I went on his Spotify and I scrolled all the way back. mm -hmm. And the earliest thing was like
1: 2009. So has he only been around for 10 years? He is very young to the game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, compared to the old, old heads, like I'm talking like how Raekwon and uh, RZA is still around. Because I know, I I do know how like (laughs) he grew up. I know
2: he grew up absolutely infatuated with the Dre scene. Like he loved all those West Coast rappers. I remember hearing about how like he was on the front row of, snoop's show or i don't know i heard all this stuff about when he was young he would always go to their show so it makes sense that he's a little bit behind but i thought that he was not 10 years worth like i definitely thought he was more old than he is
1: he's not even old he's like two years younger than drake he's like 26 it's crazy
2: yeah see i I, I was totally under the wrong impression
1: with wisdom beyond his years he He like you listened to Pimp a Butterfly and you're like, yeah, this sounds ageless. Yeah, practically, this could go into any era. Uh, There are some production tricks, of course, but this this ridiculous feature culture in rap. I have decided I hate it. Never (laughs) tell me if you're featuring anybody ever.
0: Yeah, leave it alone. It's big time. Scratch my back, and I'll the, scratch yours. The
1: worst thing. So yes, it's a lot of like, hey, bro. When they're
0: can't... young, when they're young, it's like that. And then once they have a name, then it becomes, oh, like I'm influential. It's like sign
1: with our label. We'll get Young Thug on. Okay, you. But, yeah. okay but I got a young question. Young Thug. I
0: got a question though. <laughs> like, what
2: about what about, for example, Gorillas? Yeah. Right. Because they, I mean, they didn't get Kendrick Lamar, but they love. have been staples. I love them. They I, have. I, a lot of rap
1: features. Other than gorillas like signal boosting rappers, especially to white kids. I think that's cool. But the. Okay, even then, imagine a world in which we just hid all our features in Spotify. Yeah,
0: okay, but hold up. Okay. I have, I mean, the gorillas thing. It's because the aim of the gorillas is different. The gorillas is 100. First of all, first of all, two points. First point. A lot of the rappers that they feature are smaller. A lot of them. Okay, yeah, they had Snoop in there. Well, they just they don't, don't have, have the do same everybody. audience. Yeah, that, that. So
1: they're signal boosting them
2: You're right, to right. new
0: people. But by and large, Damon Albarn is pretty into finding up-and-coming people and then bringing them in. I That's true. Actually, then, I can see that. And then second, second is that when... the group is about that. It's not, I have my my my, my um, name exists right now, and it's a big thing, and I'm going to come and feature with you. Yeah. It's not like that that's at all. Yeah. That's and true. Let,
3: wait, let us not forget Jamie Principal. Let us not forget Jamie Principal. Let us not forget Jamie Principal. Let us never forget him. But
1: <laughs> that's the problem, is that now featuring is not let's work creatively together. Featuring is... That Spotify tag.
2: Yeah. Featuring
1: mm-hmm. featuring is not put a verse on my song. Featuring is put your name you yeah. on yeah. The, you my song. You want to know that's the very worst. true. And very
0: Kendrick true. is doing it. You want to know the worst <laughs> example of this?
1: Ed Sheeran's
0: new album. That yes. Collaborations number oh. six. Oh, man. Oh. Beck, and Beck's about to do it too. Oh. But it's not rap. But him and uh, oh, man. Pharrell? No, Shit. it's Chris oh. Martin. Uh Coldplay.
3: Oh, yeah. What? That's that sounds like a bad... Bad combo. The dynamic duo. (laughs) So the only only way to fix this,
1: the only way to get this over with is stop putting featured in the title. Put it in the line. Give them credit where credit's due. Pay them. Pay them when you need to. But stop having the feet be the reason people click on your song. Yeah. That's,
0: yeah. that's a I'm fair that. point. Fair. I'm with that. Because Spotify, we're calling you out right now. If
2: anything, what do you what do you think about the model of having bigger guys feat smaller guys? What do you think that's
1: about that? That's a lot cooler. There, so I've been really into Travis Scott lately, but we'll get into that in Bop of the Week. And part of what he did was he took people from the local Houston scene that he was already working with and he put them on his album but didn't feat them. So then it was like... You could enjoy the thing texturally without worrying about the brand attached to whoever he featured because they were nobody sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. And then Travis Scott fans that got into the music, got into the weeds, discovered who did it. And then it was like a cool little colloquial shared secret. Mm -hmm. And when it's like that, it's not about marketing. It's about, I just listened to Casey Hill and she's awesome. Yeah, she's on that 90210 song. Dude, you should really check her out. Yeah. Then it's not, who's Casey Hill? It needs,
0: yeah. Co- mm-hmm. Collaborating needs to be an artistic decision, not a let's promote the band decision. Popularity, yeah.
1: right? And and because that's expected of labels now, yeah. because that's expected of mostly rap artists, but EDM yeah. artists, I'm sure, get shoved in the booth with EDM, some pop star. No, all it the
0: ha- time. Well, yeah. no, well, EDM, they have their own culture about them. They, um. <sighs>
2: Oh, we I could go so deep into this one. But yeah, it EDM culture is weird, is really weird. Like <laughs> it's very weird. They feature each other, but oftentimes you can't even tell they're featuring each other. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so it's like,
0: it's like I was eating pizza with this guy while we mixed this track down. Uh, yeah.
1: Dude, did did I ever tell you about the Armin Van Buren ghostwriting thing uh-uh. I figured out about? Uh uh-uh. uh. Well yeah, not this episode. I also later. have something
2: to tell you after this episode. Okay. Remind me.
0: Yeah. All right. It's. Yeah, oh. stop ruining
1: your legacy, because your label told you to feature on stuff.
0: Oh man, we got a topic this week. I'm excited about. Oh yeah. Yes, I'm excited about this topic.
3: I'm ready.
0: Let's hear them. It was decided last week, and the topic is well. Logan made the comment that most artists age like milk. <laughs> yes, and that was a good quote. It's a really <laughs> good quote. It means they don't, you know, last all that long. So. What we're going to talk about here today is, and yeah, and I quoted Batman with the <laughs> he either die a hero or live long enough to become the enemy. Yeah. So who is an artist that had a successful career top to bottom throughout their entire life? Why did they have it? And can we uh, take the general principles of what would be a successful music career um, that 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 would actually age properly. So I have a
2: specifying question. Okay. Does this artist need to be done or dead? I think they do
0: because uh, otherwise they can't. Rick, I, don't I, don't, I don't. I don't think they can fast. prove it otherwise. Yeah. yeah. I don't think they can
3: prove it otherwise. Dang it! Uh, my, my, I, there goes there goes. I think uh, everything I listen to is and, by and, living and, people. And, 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 you were going to say Twenty One Pilots? No, I was. I was <laughs> not going <gonna, laughs> to. Dude, Twenty One Pilots kind of muffed up Nathan, on this last Nathan, album. I,
2: me and you stand for 21 pilots no matter what. Yeah. I actually think I
3: agree. I agree. I do. That's this is like a tough one, which yeah. I think is really sad. Yeah. Because- here's here's the deal is I think that there are some people who have had successful careers and they probably could have left it like I think the reason they've got to be dead is because you might become like a Kiss. Yep. Who is like, like they had a successful career and they should have ended it, but they didn't know when to end it. So it kept going. So they're on and the it, 30th yep. closing that's exa- tour. That's yeah. why they have yeah. to be dead. And yeah. it but, be, it became okay, a Vegas show act. Like that, but that's all it is at this point. So
2: for example, Rage Against Machine is not a viable option because they're still alive. Yeah, but yeah, they, already,
0: they already have done it wrong. They already have done it wrong. What, by announcing the tours? No, Tom
2: Tom Morello. Okay, but, Kate, hold on. You can't blame Rage for Tom Morello. (laughs) It's true. You you cannot blame Rage for Tom Morello. That's
1: that's a bizarre way of phrasing it. (laughs) Anyway,
2: okay, so they have to be... Okay, is it just the project is done or the artist
0: is actually six feet under? See, well, it's hard to prove that a project is done until they're six feet under. That's the problem. That's what I'm saying. I, I will Fair. say
3: that I don't... See, but I, like White Stripes. Yeah, I was about White White to say the White Stripes... will not happen again. Yeah. he's already set.
0: I'm pretty sure it won't. Jack White's about as good a bet as I know of. I don't think he'll tip his hat. Well, my, my, my thing is... Well,
2: I guess you said it ended good with Meg... But I was going to say that partially had something to do with their yeah, relationship. Meg, and I don't Meg know.
0: is completely unplugged. She won't talk to anyone about it. See, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm
2: saying... For now. That's, that's, for now. Yeah. That's the problem. Okay, that's right. That's fair. That
0: is the problem. That said, I really do think Jack White's a pretty safe bet. But Yeah.
2: All right. They have to be dead then. Dang it. Have to be dead. I don't know. I'm anything. just going well, to be
0: difficult. most of them died because they were either killed or they just OD'd too early. XXX.
2: <laughs> no, I'm just kidding.
0: Uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
1: I tell
2: me I one person in rap. Even...
0: In rap, uh, I guess. I guess it hasn't been around long enough. But who do you think is somebody that has not aged like milk in that community? Jeez.
3: <laughs> Ouch! Like
1: you, you're really you're backing me into a corner here, and uh. Because I already don't even... I can't name a single album I like that came out before 1991. Um, And especially if you're going to get into... Wow, wow. wow,
3: that was a statement. You,
0: not the, you don't like any of the Beatles? The Wall? Nope. Nothing by Pink Floyd? Nope. Really? No, are, you just, I would, are you just saying it to you hold to the point now? I would say... Swallow the pride.
1: <laughs> let, okay, then let me, clarify, let me back up and clarify. Take nothing I goal. would call a top 50 album is before 1991. Uh, none of my I bet you can't even name 50 albums. Okay. <laughs> or oh, he can. He, no, your he
2: personal can. 50 albums? Yes. And none of them are before 1991.
1: None of them are before 1991. Oh. Wow. The earliest I,
2: mean, I, I would say not many for me, but not I wouldn't say not any. Like
1: probably smashing pumpkins and my bloody valentine are like the earliest I go in favorite favorite albums. Wow. Fair enough. Um Fair So enough. I do feel like a little bit of a disadvantage because I hate most boomer rock and I hate all that stuff. And they're maybe the people that died natural deaths and came closest. Now, that being said, I do think there is a subset of people that hate certain rappers that have OD'd or died. Um, whereas I think those rappers hold up really well to my generation, but not the people that are in charge of deciding what's good right now. Wow. So I I would say... I have never heard a Lil Peep song that I disliked. I really love his vibe. Um, I think he's kind of the opposite of X, who also died too young. X started off really abrasive and angry. He got Soft Boy, and then he got Experimental. And I think all of those projects were really pretty good. I, I think they flubbed here and there. But if you're asking about artists like... I do think there are a couple trap artists that have beautiful discographies that nailed every switch that they did, but, but you're forcing me I to tra- choose from people that OD'd or died young. My, my, thing, my tra-
0: mind is legit blowing a little bit because I kind of feel like, and you know, anybody who's watching this now or later, feel free to leave a comment. I would actually really like to hear people's opinion on this. Can you think of anybody that didn't either get killed or OD'd? That really all the way, maybe, ah, uh, like Johnny Cash, he did pretty cool. He actually did a, re- he actually, <laughs> did, a cool well, he actually mean, he... did a good job. He actually did a good job because at the end of his life, he was, he was interested in what was going on right now. And he was covering, what was that, was that a nine inch nails
2: cover? He did? Yeah.
0: And it became, it was huge. He was yeah. relevant yeah. and he was like tipping his hat to what was happening now. Yeah. Maybe like a Johnny Cash is about the best I, I can come up I with, could, with. I could see that, that lived one. a full Peter... life. But like, man, it's kind of sad because most of them, it feels like it's like Kurt Cobain you know? killed himself. Can, I, but, can yeah. I put something
1: forward about like why um, I think that is? Yeah. Because here's the deal the recorded sound industry, music as entertainment as we know it now, started in 1940. It's only been 80 years. So that means the only people that have died, most people that have died that we have heard of have died tragically or early. The music industry is not even 100 years old. Not even. So if you want to have this conversation 200 years from now when we're all uploaded to the internet and our bodies have decayed away, then we can talk about like, well, now we have like, Fifty years for some people. We have sixty years for not just a handful of people that started in the fifties or sixties, okay, but, but for I, a lot. I,
0: I, okay, I like your point. It's good and optimistic, but like, let's just remember that we got like Takashi going on right now. Yeah, Takashi is an act that it doesn't end well. It can't end well. How does that act? go until this guy is in his 60s or 70s he and get... passes away.
1: Well, he he either has to quit music or he has to die young. And this this whole,
3: like, <laughs> this whole, like
1: the Cobain theory, Soul Brother Number 3 has a great video on this where he, like, envisions an alternate reality where Cobain lived on. And a lot of people think the reason Eminem isn't considered one of the greatest to ever do it is because he lived too long. He just lived too long. So this... This dumb idea that you need to cement your music legacy. Screw it. Age like milk. Live. <laughs> live and live to see your music okay, get worse wait, or I'm, better.
0: I'm, morally, I, I'm with you. Yes.
3: Absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean, morally. I, yeah. Absolutely. I, I completely Live your life. But
2: I think that they should just cut the project yeah. if it's going to milk.
3: It should. It should. I think that people need to view certain things more as projects, like as eras. They... The problem, and that's kind of what Jack White has done, is the white stripes, he's kind of just put the nail in the coffin on white stripes and then he walked away from it and he started something new. Even if it sounds sort of similar, it it is saying, yes, this is over. And what
2: I love is that that encapsulates that project, that artist, and they can't change. The legacy can't change because it's done. Until he's six and,
0: feet under, though. Well, here's the other problem, though, is... Theoretically, yes, but then what happens if they get greeting when the back? Olympics are like? Oh, let's get the white stripes. If the to white play, stripes were together, Seven Nation Army, the white in together, then yeah. <laughs> yeah, that can be yeah. influential, yeah. and a lot of people will sell it. Dude, and you're like, tr- oh, I mean, that's true. i I
1: just, I don't think it's a I th- expecting I'm say- someone to be consistent. B the music industry's eighty. I'm
0: just gonna say that I honestly think Johnny Cash is about the only guy I can think of that, in his natural life with his own name, did it. You know what? Like, honestly, I
2: agree with what you're saying. But all I really know of, like, post Johnny Cash, Johnny Cash is that Nine Inch Nails cover, which was amazing. But I, that's all I know. I of. don't
3: know Johnny Cash at all. Well,
2: you got to hear that. So that I can't. I, I, I can't agree or disagree. That's an interesting in dialogue. Situation. That's yeah. interesting. Wow. Yeah. That's really hard when you have to say they're
3: dead. Hey, all I'm going to say is I think if you're doing anything, and and in the case of the Olympics, I think if you ever hit a point in your art project, and if you are completely treating it as an art project, there's no money involved. If you do anything for money or popularity, you're doing it for the wrong reason. I agree. I agree. Abolish intellectual property. Zach Zach didn't agree.
1: So that that's actually what he said to me after the show. He was like, "Everybody really cares about being an artist. Like I don't I don't care about that." And he thought it was interesting to talk to us because he's like, "It's a job. People just make music if they, it's a hobby." who cares
0: that's really interesting and
1: like he's he's willing to engage with you and he does like certain pieces of entertainment better than others but he was like i legitimately dude if a rapper is making money and he's happy i don't care like i say that i logan say that i don't care and that you know i think that's what powers people i like like uzi um and a few other people but like I I think he doesn't care about artistry at all. He's like literally just do what you want. That's and people will listen to it if they do. Like
0: I say, I think it's pretty sad.
2: I feel like a lot of that comes down to your personal
1: view of it, but
2: I right. I don't personally agree with it. I I think that it should be artistic, but
0: yeah, I mean, I think That's me. art, the history of art. That's boiling it down to something so Don't get me wrong, I want the artist to be happy. Yeah, and and we've 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 kind of indirectly gone back and forth about the the bleeding hearts a few times. I think you can be happy. I think part of being happy is being driven, and so if you're just getting lazy, and you're just comfortable in 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 your position as you know this is my job and I make money and Mm -hmm. whatever. I I don't think it's sustainable. I definitely don't think you're going to be relevant very long. Yeah, and I think the fulfillment of creating is going to decline very quickly with that kind of mentality. That's what I think, and I, I mean, I think you can kind of prove it though. Like just watching fan bases of certain things come and go, you need you need to have you need to be driven if you really want something to live. Yeah, including yourself
1: yeah it's hey, just man. true man keep living i listen don't get jealous of kurt cobain don't
2: no don't, don't that is the that goes back to that one discussion we were having a couple of weeks ago yeah like, I, th- I so. it's like popularizing the concept of kurt cobain you know yeah. what i'm saying i'm not with people that. like not admire it so
0: gotta be very but i do think there. i do think you need to be driven i just think you know and that's something we've kind of talked about before, and it would be interesting to talk about more. You know, the personalities that do get into the artistry of being an artist, I do think sometimes are pretty extreme people. Oh
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're psycho. Um,
3: yeah. <laughs> I yeah, I, uh, no, I can agree with that. Kay. Um, oh, I'm sorry, n- I Did was you- just gonna say. I think we need to play the Bop of the Week soundbite again if we actually want to <laughs> yeah, make that, was that like, like... that was
2: like Bop of the Week That's in the middle me. of music class No, no, no. Hey, man,
0: that was good. That was a good little resolve. That was good. Bop of the Week, though. Nate, what did you listen no, to No, wait, this wait, week? wait, wait. No, Nate.
1: Jake always
3: goes first. No,
0: no, Nate. Nate, what did I, you listen to this week? I passed the baton I, to Nathan oh. I will first.
3: pass it, it back
0: confused. for this one.
3: I can <laughs> pass it back. Don't no, make you me got play it the soundbite again. <gasps> how many times can I make Aaron play the sound bite if i do dog, pass dog this over honestly, here?
2: Enough, I'm actually dying to hear what your bop is
3: okay gonna be honest gonna um yeah no I'm gonna have to go so is this song or like album or what? I mean I
0: actually played the album card once but song is preferable okay do so... song man
3: song of the week i'm going to have to go with uh the space program by tribe called quest space program it's, it's a so great good album. <laughs> so oh, a good great song uh
0: the album's better
3: it yeah i don't know about that i think that that album kind of peaks at the beginning but great song the the following track is great too but i ah uh, man that little i love little piano like it's not a piano, but little synthy stuff and rap. That, mm-hmm. Give me cheesy synths and rap. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> what a quote.
2: What a quote. Give no, me feel, cheesy synths
0: and rap. Like old school Snoop Dogg did have some pretty cool instrumentals.
1: Yeah. And that's those, Pharrell a those, lot of the time. I- those too. instrumentals
0: were pretty great.
1: <laughs> poor Beck being like, I thought we were going to do drop it like it's hot.
0: Oh, <laughs> that is
2: so. That's cringy. not
3: poor Beck. That is so crazy. That is not poor Beck. Oh. Not poor Beck. <laughs> oh man, <Yeah>. or <laughs> us who has to deal with Beck. Dude, but
2: tribe is interesting. Tribe Nate, that was a good pick, dude. Space program is a good song. Yeah. Do you think space program program is your favorite song on the album?
3: It it really might be. I think we the people hits harder. But Space Program is just like, yeah, that's it a does good groove. That, that, like that, I, you just get into that I don't know groove. if you call
2: it a hook or a chorus or whatever, but it is
1: so catchy, man. What's your favorite? Conrad Tokyo uh, really? is by far the best song. It's impossibly groovy. It's, impossibly groovy. it's super woke. Oh, this
3: generation. This generation. No, 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 really Nathan. It's dis- dis-generation. Generation, dis-generation. I like we right, the dude. People,
0: though. We're the People. Mm. <laughs> Dude, we all respect. eat the same food. We, we the ramen all. Noodle.
1: That's true. I ate the spicy ramen today.
0: Uh, <laughs> nice.
1: It, like it's all tribe at the end of the day, and they're all great. But it the song is actually Conrad Tokyo. That's the best one from the album. And but you're g- all wrong. good. Opinion, I think good Midnight opinion.
0: Marauders <laughs> is their best dude, album. but yeah. I I agree with that. It's really close though. I, that that new one is on a level. But Midnight Marauders was in the time. It's so good. But thank you. Talk for about woke lyrics, dude.
1: Thank You for Service is just like the perfect credit roll for 90s jazz rap, though. Like, it, I understand it was made like 15 years after it was relevant, pretty much. But the the amount of people it has on, the fact that it's Tribe at all, the production styles, just feeling like an upgraded version of that. I, I think it's the perfect credits to 90s jazz rap.
0: I hope it's not the credits. I like Public Enemy. And bring the beat back. Oh man, Those
3: Public Enemy. Boys. Public Enemy and Disgeneration. Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Any time that you got like a like, he does not have a rap voice, but then he goes all in, and then he totally has a rap voice.
2: So nice. <laughs> all right, Jake, <laughs> all right well, you I'm, I'm going to lead this in. So um, this is going to be controversial. Oh no. Maybe. Maybe. I. Really, I'm just feeling it from this end of the table. Oh, but um, <laughs> my bop of the week is Midnight Hour by Skrillex. Mm. I can't lie, really. I have, I have been on an absolute Skrillex kick. I respect th- for the last Skrillex. I really like for him. the last about week, mm-hmm. maybe six, seven days. I have actually been listening to Skrillex like crazy. Here's the thing about him: he is such a pioneer. Literally, he's the definition of pioneer for modern for the modern age, in my opinion. I feel like post twenty eleven is so influenced by what he did with scary monsters and ice sprites. That's my opinion. But, um, like you were talking about, how much harder can we go? Where did that start? I honestly feel like it started with Scrim. Ah, I legit do.
1: I I will agree with your assessment. I will say the two people, Chief Keefe and skrillex so
2: here's the problem
1: defined the who
2: sound. in the frick is chief keef <laughs> and, and the other problem is how many people in this generation
1: do you think know who chief keef is everybody everybody in the trap rap sphere right now knows who you're chief looking keef at two is. people that chief don't know who chief keef is i want to say early 2010s and he was doing autotune trap rap exactly what Everybody on the charts is doing now with that. So pretty much, if you're a rock band, you're pretending to be an EDM producer. And if you're a pop artist, you're pretending to be a trap rapper.
2: Okay, (laughs) that is an interesting conversation, and I will Mm. go on that. But just to keep us moving, um, Midnight Hour by Skrillex. Here's part of the reason why I love Skrillex so much. He actually, if you would have asked me back in the EDM phase who my favorite EDM artist is... I definitely would not have said Skrillex. And I don't know that I would say it now. Actually, I would say Flume. I already know. I would say Flume. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but Skrillex is one who
1: created
2: something and then he stayed in front of it the whole time. Oh, I would say 95% of the time. There's maybe... Yeah. Just a little Purple bit.
1: Lamborghini featuring Rip Yeah, Rock. but I can't even lie. It's I, still, a, like it's still a bang. I actually <laughs> like purple Lamborghini. It's still a I love just bang. Jared Leto with the damaged I face know. tattoo, like spinning the cane you, around. You,
2: you know what that 5% was? It was Jared Leto. That was the 5% and <laughs> <in> there. <laughs> Always Jared Leto. Other than Jared Leto. It, dude, honestly, Skrillex has had an amazing 10 years. Honestly, he started with Skrillex. 2009. That's mm-hmm. that's when he released the first acrylic song. It's only been 10 years. What and a run he's had. Man, he's a legend. So anyways, Midnight Hour is a very cool song because he takes this really, really like 90s rave. Yeah, feel. it was
3: like 90s techno. It's man. literally like 90s I gotta listen it's to It's
2: literally like 90s techno, but then he does his classic oh, artistry with vocal chops. Yeah. His, he is always... Kingpin with vocal chops. Just the coolest. I mean, you know, you think like Kyoto or uh, uh, Equinox, first of the year. Yeah, He's always got these vocal chop leads that are just amazing. And this song has got one that, oh man, it gets stuck in your head. It's
0: so good. Anyway, Midnight Hour. Great, Midnight great hour. track. Logan, what have you been spinning?
1: Uh, So I probably have a mental dis- disability.
2: Oh. Oh.
1: Yeah. And a speech impediment? And a speech impediment. <laughs>
0: I don't know. That's his girlfriend's yeah, ex- sister. Oh. Ex girlfriend. <laughs>
1: um, I. You guys talk about like throwing on albums and just chilling out and like working while you're doing them. The way that I work best is listening to one song on repeat for probably like twelve to thirteen hours.
0: Wow. And so- that's a few songs. I've done that with a few.
1: I, I need one to get through a... It's final season is approaching, and yeah. I was working on a final project for like two days straight. And sometimes I want to listen to a mix, but most of the time I just need something that puts me in that focus juice and holds me down there, right? And at the risk of ex- increasingly sounding more rap caviar core, more pollen core... It was Travis Scott this week. He has so everybody when Astro World came out was like, dude, have you listened to Astro World? <laughs> it's like the best trap album of all time. And I was like, okay, Hunter. All right. I'll well, listen I'll dropping. give it I'll drop. give it just like a scroll through. I'll like scroll I'll like see what beats I like. But then in typical Logan fashion, Two years later, I discovered why everybody thought something was good. And so I pop on. It's like a deep cut. It's called Astro Thunder. It's only like two and a half minutes long. But it may be top top three produced trap songs of all time. I wow. don't know how Travis Scott does it. But we're used to like trap loops, right? Like you get in there, you get a good like four bar something or other. And it's like copy and paste all over, right? Travis Scott hires the producers that work on normie trap beats for pop people. And then I think he just lets them go crazy because we have like electric bass in this. We have the craziest space sounding synths just kind of dipping in, floating by, and then leaving the rest of the track. The vocals are affected like you just don't hear in mainstream music. Like, unfortunately, trap rap, word of the day, has this unfortunate association of being really easy and basic but if there is a guy who manages to boil it down to the, ar- the artistic creative side of trap music it's gotta be Travis Scott <laughs> Kendrick's <laughs> abandoned it Kendrick's gone to yeah. bap. All the serious artists have abandoned it, but Travis is staying in trap music, and he is he is getting that essence. He is getting that raw
3: vibe <laughs> Travis out. Travis has made those two and a half minutes that keeps Logan drowning in those mind juices. and that focus juice, bro. Yeah, that's, nice. that's good. Getting waterboarded by I'm, I'm, I, I want to hear excited. it. Yeah, you yeah, got me interested.
0: Yep.
3: Uh, So,
0: Aaron. this week... Uh, I've just been, well, I've been experimenting with a few bands and going back to a few that I have liked and a band name that I've known for a long time, but never actually committed to listening to is the Eels. Have you heard of the Eels?
1: No. (laughs) Who are they?
0: (laughs) They're great.
3: Are they like the unicorns? Right.
0: No. Okay. It, it's really good, though. I've known about him for quite a while, and I've been pretty sure that I was going to like him. Mm-hmm. I turned him on this week, and I've gone through about half of his discography. There's a song called The Deconstruction. It's on the newest album, surprisingly, actually. But that song is really good. That that one's been on repeat. Mm. So, the eels. Does it
1: sound like it's coming through a vinyl speaker? It
0: sounds like... You know, you know, like
1: vinyl speaker, you know, like, vinyl speakers, <laughs>
0: things that grandma the cool kids scratch on. Yeah. It's like you take one of those things and you put it on. That's kind of what it sounds like. Mm. No. Nah. Yeah. What the kids scratch on yeah. under hip hop supervision.
3: There is no question <laughs> that dubious music and movies are affecting under unsupervised children of all college. The hip hop industry makes Saying
2: vinyl speaker was almost as bad as saying psycho like ward. Ah yeah. I still cringe every time I think. Dude, about don't that. feel bad. Music, it was an act. I know it's Psycho ward. So we're
0: like we're like straight out of time. So I'm just gonna say it how it is. Okay. This Friday, Beck's new album comes out. Oh, oh really? And uh What a joy. It's gonna ruin Thanksgiving.
3: <laughs> no, Aaron, it's the day. Well, a- oh, wait, no, it's this Friday, not next Friday. We but Aaron, wish. There's, there's Japanese on the cover, dude. That it's means it's cool. And al-
2: album art can't save it now. It can't save it now.
1: Album art saved a lot of albums for it's me when I was a kid. It's let's too
3: far. let's hope keyword there when I was a kid. let <laughs> well, maybe Key phrase still. not let's, word. Let's just hope that there's more saw lightning on there.
0: No. Yeah. At this point... At this point... Okay, last point, and then we're ending. Because we... The, okay. At this point, he's you, dropped four singles. Saw Lightning is the best single, but it it doesn't fit the vibe of the rest yeah. of the album so far. Ah. So, how the freak is Saw Lightning going to fit on this album? It's not going to be okay. It's not going to be okay. It's
3: not... Yeah. Well, we will just... Let it release, and we'll act like it was just a single called Solid Lightning. Look, man, I, I, mean, I already, I already did that. Him. I You're already just... did
0: that with his last album. I can't do
3: it twice. Oh, no, 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 You Aaron. can! Aaron, Aaron, <laughs> Aaron, the last album was an EP called Colors. It this was... one is a single. It was...
0: <laughs> You're
1: no, joking, but I... that's unironically how I... Listen to albums uh, like this song sucks. This song's good playlist. This song sucks. <laughs>
0: this song's good playlist. And then it's like,
1: oh, I love this album.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we, All right, Newicks. N- N- Next week, Oliver Tree. Sixth episode. Oh, the sixth episode. Okay. We're gonna have a. We're gonna have a extravaganza.
2: It's gonna be an extravaganza. It's gonna be amazing. Dude, I'm hyped. It's gonna be a right. rage-filled be music here. experience. Yeah. Right. Be here. And have a bowl cut on. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodbye, networks Catch you next week.